Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obvious. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. Canes lost a tough one to the Maple Leafs yesterday. We'll get two minutes of gold. Carolina Panthers got crushed by the Bengals. What does that mean for Steve Wilkes going forward? And the Colts did what? I know that things are a little bit different on Twitter these days. So when I saw Adam Schefter tweet the news, I was like, are we sure that's Adam Schefter for real? Or is it Elon Musk? Yeah. Let's log on to the Internet, shall we? What's Trending is brought to you by Geico. you got a number of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at geico.com. Or drop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. Would you like me to do number five about the start of the college basketball season as A, old man yelling at the clouds, <laughs> B, scorned lover, or would you like it straight? Why can't I get all of the above? I mean, you can. Give me give me a little column A and a little column B. All right, let's start with... Oh, yell at the cloud. I'm yelling curious. at the clouds. I'm curious about yelling at the cloud. What's the issue? Okay, listen, people. Why are you conspiring against my sleep cycle? Yeah. The ACC, and well, the college basketball season starts today. Baylor played during the day. What was wrong with Baylor playing during the day? Now we got NC State playing Austin P at 8. 8 o'clock. Oh, do you not this, respect? You know what? It's not even eight o'clock right now. It's really nine o'clock. Is this because of the hour? I love the hour, by the way. Ugh. Are you telling me that you can't be awake at eight o'clock? Oh, in Carolina, yeah. Maybe you want to go check out the the team who was in the Final Four last year. Oh yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. Very cool, Joe. Yeah. Nine o'clock. The Tar Heels <laughs> play at nine o'clock. That, now that might be a little too much for Is me. Is this like obviously. a conspiracy just for us to go pay attention to Duke? Like we're not going to pay attention to Duke in John Shire's first game? They play at 7, don't they? 7 o'clock. Nothing yeah. wrong with a 7 o'clock tip. Even better. Baylor, again, Baylor, I believe, played at 2 o'clock today. You can uh, give me that two o'clock start injected into my veins. Yes, yeah. The problem I have with that is that you would be distracted at the start of the show Clearly. anytime hockey is on. Clearly. Or not hockey, basketball is on. Clear. Anyway, you can listen to the you can listen to John Shire's debut as Duke men's basketball. I know they had their exhibitions, but for real, for real, regular season debut for John Shire on Buzz Sports Radio. Uh, while we got Monday Night Football here on 99.9, the fans starting up pregame starting up at 7:30. Yeah, I look each 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 school has their own storylines to dissect. Carolinas is the obvious one. Redeem Team 2.0. All right, we already saw the 16-17 redemption. Is this going to be something similar where a team that came out of nowhere gets to the final and 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 hooped with Kansas, by the way, until they ran out of gas, if they can do the same thing without the benefit of having, like, the honing device that was Duke to kind of give them that confidence to go forward? So a lot of expect, you know, it's one thing going from shocking the world to, hey, man, there's expectations for you to get to the Final Four this year. So Carolina's fascinating. Duke... 15 and a half point favorite tonight? Uh, yeah. I they know. Two, they're missing two uh, I know, guys. Tonight. I know Lively and Whitehead are unlikely to play. Whitehead for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's an interesting number. I'm, I'm slightly upset right now. You don't want the scorn lover. And what's the scorn lover? Uh, uh, NC State opens the season against Austin P. Mm-hmm. Cool. Duke opens the season against Jacksonville. Yippee. Carolina opens the year against UNCW. Awesome. What was wrong with my idea? Why can't you send these teams to Greensboro? I'm with you on Play that. each other. Send the send the Big East expats to the Garden. Do this thing right. Mm. 
Instead, Austin P. Let's go P. Jacksonville Bulls. Is artist Gilmore suiting up for the Bulls tonight? Come on. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So how serious are we to take Drake May, North Carolina quarterback, and the Heisman? I would say you take it pretty damn seriously. Uh, Carolina as a college football playoff contender is not something that I would take seriously. But Drake May as a Heisman candidate, I would for a couple of reasons. I do think, Julio, that the conversation around Drake May for Heisman is being discussed wrong. There's a better way to go about it. If you want to, like, shout out to our guy Taylor Vipolis over at Inside Carolina. He's pointing out some of the some of the faults of other teams. You know, Hendon Hooker loses this past weekend to Georgia, but they lost to Georgia. Okay. All right? That's kind of a factor. Or you see what's going on at Ohio State. They didn't have a great game against Northwestern, right. but their schedule is going to allow them to have some moments. That's the issue that Drake May kind of has right now. He doesn't have moments against ranked teams. He could have them. It won't happen against Wake Forest this week, unfortunately, since Wake Forest dropped out of the top 25. They'll probably not be in the top 25 in the college football playoff. We know that Georgia Tech stinks. And then you're looking at NC State. The moment might happen to have, might have to wait against Clemson, but who knows the state of Clemson. For me, if you're going to argue for Drake May Heisman, it is take him off the team, what do you get? Sheer numbers make the argument easier for you, too. North Carolina's 8-1 because Drake May keeps having to bail this team out. The offense continues to bail this team out in games that should have been decided a heck of a lot sooner than they actually were. Like, honestly, North Carolina's defense, what's your excuse against a Virginia squad that can't offense? Drake May goes and goes out there and does it for you again. That's the argument for Heisman candidate that he is so good and he's running an offense so well that it's overcoming a bad defense. Yeah, he, he is Roger Federer on grass right now. Like, he's just, you can't break his serve at all. He's Roger Federer at Wimbledon. And he had to, in order to win, he has to keep hitting these unbelievable serves where you're like, well, if he doesn't, the defense is so bad that they're going to end up losing the game. And, you know, the, the quality of Carolina's schedule, you, you can certainly question it, but I don't think you can question uh, the quality of play from Drake May this season, not only as you know this quarterback, but he's also a great runner. Mm-hmm. And I also, you look at what he's done in in understanding each moment and understanding, hey, Josh Downs, he's really good. Oh, we should continue to feed him <laughs> consistently throughout the game. Uh, so I, I think that he's really found a way to be successful in his first year as a starter. Next up. <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes, uncharacteristic home loss on a Sunday to the Maple Leafs, no less. Canes end up losing 3-1 to one to Toronto, but don't take my word for it. Here's Adam Gold. All right, fellas, I got two minutes for too many chances that didn't go Carolina's way last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's the thing. The defense as our friends at Dysart Willis might tell us, is that the Hurricanes are 8-3-1, so the sky ain't falling, people. But if we are going to look at some things that have not gone well for Carolina, it's plays like this that have not found the back of the net. Drop pass for Martinook in the leap zone. Loose puck out in front of Shogren. Makes the save on the Martinook drive, but Foss couldn't get a stick to it. 
and Toronto just clears this as they gave up a great A opportunity. Martinuk fires at Shalgren, lost a handle, and there was a chance for two canes to knock that into a gaping net. I actually think Jesper Foss might be better served to just kick the puck in the net. He's one for one at trying to kick goals in, and he is 0 for the season in using his stick. Kick the puck in. Frankly, I'm not sure William Nylander of the Maple Leafs didn't kick this one in that managed to get through Freddie Anderson just a couple of minutes later. Finally, the puck's knocked down by a high stick by Nylander, and he'll roll one in and gets through Frederick Anderson and scores. An innocent-looking play, and Nylander rolls this one, and it goes through the five-hole of Frederick Anderson and a 3-1 lead for Toronto. So the other problem that Carolina is having so far this year Goaltending has not been awesome. It wasn't awesome last night. They're getting away with it. And again, the best defense you can have, eight, three, and one. At some point, the goaltending is gonna get better. And at some point, they'll be able to finish some of these beautiful opportunities. Right now, we'll just muddle on at eight, three, and one, and one of the best teams in the league. It's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. You can check out Kane's Corner Podcast, hosted by Adam Gold, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Yeah, I think Gold ended it with the right way to look at what the Hurricanes are going through right now. They're 8-3-1, and one, and we haven't necessarily seen them play at their best. Goaltending is what it is, but I would say that last night wasn't so, like solely on Freddie Anderson. I mean, Slavin is what Jacob Slavin is your best defender if not the league, one of the league's best defenders people hype him up all the time I get that eh, it was a misplay in front of Freddie Anderson last night that led to a goal I think that's fair to say I don't think that's that's bad criticism of, of what's going on are you suggesting that people are legitimately panicking I mean because they lost a Sunday matinee game to Toronto I, I think sometimes it is a you go back to what you know. Okay. And I do think that there is a segment of the fan population that doesn't hasn't converted over to embracing the Carolina Hurricanes as a regular season right. great team. You're saying they're still kind of scarred from the, if we only had those two points back from, remember when we lost to Toronto in yes. that Sunday game? We would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. That's a hard habit to break, by the I, way. Yeah. Sometimes you got to buy the hits. It's a hard habit to break. You don't know any better. You just wait. Oh, it's going to be bad again. No, they'll be fine. They're eight, three, and one. Next up, number two. So, um, do you think you could coach an NFL team? Do I? Yeah. You think? No. You, you think you do? You, you think with all the football you've ever watched, no. all the times we've broken down games on the radio, you don't think you could coach a game? I do not know. Never had your hand in the dirt, Joe. You played? Uh, no, I could not coach an NFL game. Well, I want you to rethink that, considering that Jeff Saturday is now an interim coach for the Indianapolis Colts. They fired Frank Reich today. I think we all understand that the Colts are tanking with how they're going about this season, from handling Matt Ryan to putting Sam Ellinger out there to be the quarterback. And they fired their offensive coordinator last week. He was the guy who was calling plays. Frank Reich's an offensive guy. I get that. He can call the plays. But now they fired him. And they put Jeff freaking Saturday as the interim head coach. Well, let's let's start with Reich, though. Okay. Do you think 
he was protesting the quarterback move, or do you think he's protesting the direction of the team? Because there's no way Frank Reich, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, there's no way Frank Reich went into a game against Bill Belichick and said, Sam Ellinger is our best chance to win this. A rookie quarterback is the, our best chance to win this football game. We've seen this. We've seen this with teams all over the place. You know, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Doug Peterson did not like the direction right. that it was going in. He ends up getting fired. Right. Of course, you see where the Eagles he, are. He, he, he protested, didn't, he didn't, basically. He, he didn't like Jalen Hurts. Right. Okay. We saw how that was handled. Of course, I think we know who was right in that conversation. Yes. Yeah. The organization was right, not yeah. Doug Peterson, who's now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think it's to that level. I think what Reich is paying the sins for, well, I think what Reich is paying the sins for is a consistent misfire on QB. Hey, it was Reich who thought he could fix Carson Wentz. How'd that work out for him? Yeah. Now they bring in another aging quarterback in Matt Ryan, who was, as Atlanta fans can tell you, it was a wrap for him. Oh, I know. Frank Reich can fix him. Well, obviously that was not the case. So I think Reich is paying for the sins that Matt Rule also paid for, getting the quarterback position wrong every single time. That's not to say that Reich can't be a good coach elsewhere with the right moves. Who knows? Maybe they hire him with the Carolina Panthers. He's got a connection to the Panthers. So I think I think that's ultimately what it is. You got the thing wrong enough times, you got to get fired. But I think where you are right is that Jim Irsay wants to tank. Now, do they think there's an Andrew Luck out there waiting for him? Do they think there's a Peyton Manning waiting out there for him? I don't think so. So Jeff Saturday is now the interim head coach. The story for this is really going to be Jim Irsay lighting a match to the gasoline fire that is hiring practices in the NFL. There are qualified coaches, qualified minority coaches, who have to jump through all sorts of obstacles to get a head coaching gig basically have the the goalposts move all the time for their qualifications. And he goes out and he gets Jeff Saturday, whose highest coaching level is high school? This makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. Meanwhile, you've got all sorts of receipts on Jeff Saturday. You know, he's an analyst now. What did he say about the Raiders on a, on a tweet earlier this year? Last week? He said Raiders last were week. awful. Raiders, who they play? Raiders this week. Okay. Monday night football game coming up for the Colts, right? 28th against the Steelers. We got Manning cast, right? Do you think this will come up? This is Peyton Manning when he was the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday was his center telling Jeff Saturday, you don't call the plays, just go out and block for me. Hey, hey, I, hey, quit calling the f- plays, all right? Hey, we got to run the ball. ball. Six wait, down wait, there, pass, block, block. We the we'll run the ball. Can we run it down yeah, there? Play- we run it down yeah, Jeff, okay, so we will. All right, we call pass plays. Block. He's calling plays. Go sit down. He's calling plays. I will sit down. Go quit yelling. Hey, go sit down. No, we're cool. We all quit yelling. Over here telling us how to He's doing it. Come on, okay. He's, he's yelling at us. You don't have to go yet. No. Come on. <laughs> if, if Peyton Manning doesn't give us a recreation of that on the Manning cast, what's the point of the Manning cast? That would be disappointing truly disappointing and again i got nothing against jeff saturday i want to make this abundantly clear i got nothing against jeff saturday good dude all right we've had him on the show he's done a great job on the tar hill radio network with jones angel in the limited analyst work that he's done with them he's done a great job he's great on espn but come on man even he's got to be shocked that you're like you want me to do what now this isn't the same though as like you you're not suggesting 
the Colts should like try to hire Eric Bieniemy in the middle no, of the season, right? No, no. If you're going the interim route, let, let me put it like this. Let me put it in newspaper terms mm-hmm. for you, okay? Because I've seen it in this business as well. You are in line to do something. Right. Uh, oh, you, let's say you had designs on being a columnist. Okay. Did you ever want to be a columnist? Of course, yeah. Colin okay. Tudor was my hero. All right, you wanted to be the columnist. And there's an opportunity for you to be the columnist of the newspaper that you've been working for for 20-some-odd years. And they say, nah, Joe, we're not going to go columnist. We're going to give the columnist job to somebody else. But in this particular case, they give the column to somebody who's never written a column before. Somebody whose column work basically stopped when they were a student at whatever newspaper they worked at in college. Wouldn't that make you feel some type of way? Because that's what Jeff Saturday getting hired as the interim know, head coach is. He played in the NFL for a really he's long time. Never pay, he's never been a coach at any level in the NFL. Right. And, and guys who have been working their ass off for years to get an opportunity aren't going to get that opportunity on the interim level? Is that what? This this doesn't make sense, especially considering Ursay, who's pretty plugged in as an NFL sure. owner with the how the NFL. If if Jeff Ur, if Jim Ursay is aware enough to know that Dan Snyder makes the league look bad, he clearly knows that NFL hiring practices have been a topic of conversation. He just said, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna go bring this guy in with no qualifications. While every offseason we talk about how guys with qualifications cannot get jobs. You see where this is a problem. I, I just, in this particular instance, right? Like There yeah. were people who said when Steve Wilkes was promoted, mm-hmm. who's black, with the Panthers, yeah. that it was unfair to him because as a black coach, mm-hmm. he wouldn't get that many opportunities, and he was put in a position to set up the fail mm-hmm. by taking over from Matt Rule in the middle of the season, right? There's a long history of black coaches right. being the interim so guy. Don't you think if they had promoted a black assistant in the same in- situation, there would have been... More of a also that that same type of criticism of Ursay by going and getting a you could say he's a random guy but he was a consultant yeah but I'm, that part of it doesn't bother me I think he played in the NFL I'll look it up during the break here but he played in the NFL for at least 12, 15 years that doesn't make you a head coach material yeah but he is someone who can walk into the locker room and they would say they would recognize. His experience Mm -hmm. as an NFL player for that length of time. They would recognize that not only were you a center in the NFL, but you were with Peyton Manning, which is it's different than being the center for Peyton Manning is different than being the center for Bubby Brister for however many years. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Did did acumen pass through Manning's fingers? No, but you 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 have to to be connected. No, you have to be connected with Manning to understand all of the different things he does at the offensive line. There, yeah, there's look, a there's a level of interest. Uh, if there. if I can't if 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 I can't crystallize it for you in that regard in terms of a guy with zero NFL coaching experience getting the interim job, that is still worse than the set up to be fired situation of a black interim head coach. That's still worse. It's still worse in that regard because at least the guys will get an opportunity to coach. Sure. This is bypassing all sorts of stuff. I, I but I think they are actively tanking. Uh, that's another matter. I, I think that's why they hired a coach with no experience because they're I, actively tanking. I guess Jim Irsay. I don't, they don't the, want to win, and I think, quite frankly, if you're saying Jim Irsay understands all of these politics, mm-hmm. you know Brian Flores, the, the Dolphins I'm wanted Brian Flores to tank. They wanted him to tank, and yeah. it, it ended up in a lawsuit. 
he can now hire a guy who played for him and basically say, go ahead and fail. Like, how is he supposed to succeed? To your point, he's never been a head coach before. So that's the whole point. They don't want to succeed. Look what happened with Rich Passaccia last year. Mm -hmm. You think they were trying to succeed? They did. All of a sudden, they did, and they made a run, right? Then what you're seeing now with the Raiders is the revenge of, of Basachi on the floor because they, they didn't keep him. So it is a little bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I have seen, I understand the racial element of the criticism. Mm-hmm. I'm more receptive to when Steve Nash was plucked and given the plum job as the head of the Nets yeah. without under very similar circumstances. Well, he was a point guard. All point guards make great coaches. You know, catchers in baseball, they'll all make great managers. I understand that. I'm saying, like, in the midst of the season, I don't think it can be both ways. I don't think you could say, well, it's not fair to Steve Wilkes and the black coaches to give him the opportunity. And then when the owner then of the Colts gives it to a random white guy who happens to be an accomplished player, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to, to criticize it both ways. I understand what your point is. They're both easily criticized. It's not an either-or proposition. Uh, yes. Agree. It's not black and white, if Correct. you will. Correct. Even though it is a black and white issue. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't see Jim Ursay. This, this isn't like an open search at the end of the year. Yeah. This is a you're, I I believe Jim Ursay is trying to do what Steven Ross did with the Miami Dolphins and actively tank. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't want to give it a coach oh. and put a name on it so that he ends up in the same situation that Ross ended up at in. At that point, you just open up the play calling to fan polling. That's basically Just what they're doing here. Put it here. on Twitter at that point. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. College football playoff rankings came out last week. We told you, don't get too wrapped up in that. Things will change. SEC Armageddon, that was never going to happen. Or is it? There might be another one. Next. As some of our listeners have pointed out, tying it back to the Jeff Saturday cold situation. It's basically the plot of Ted Lasso. They're they're pulling an AFC Richmond. I was like, you know what? Well, no. He, Ted Lasso had success at Wichita State. It's just a different sport. Right, but the whole point was let's bring him into tank. So, maybe it is. Does Jeff Saturday have funny little quips? Probably. Does he know how to make biscuits? I guess we'll find out the rest of the year. So the college football playoff rankings were out last Tuesday. We'll get a fresh round of rankings this Tuesday, and there's going to be changes. And it once again shows you that a lot of time spent arguing about the initial rankings is wasted time because things will play itself out. And sure enough, that's what happened on Saturday. Georgia beat Tennessee, and now Georgia will be the number one team in the country for beating Tennessee. Ohio State and Michigan will have things work itself out. Hey, Clemson, we don't have to worry about you anymore because you're out of the college football playoff race at this point after getting manhandled by Notre Dame. So we're safe. The SEC Armageddon is not going to happen. We're not going to get three teams in the college football playoff from the SEC. We're good. Thanks, right? You sure? Are you sure? You sure? Maybe. Wait, did you come up with a new scenario? Well, here's the thing about LSU. Okay. They now have the lead in the SEC West. They do. They finish with Arkansas and Texas A&M. Fairly certain they can take care of them. They could lose. Mm -hmm. Could. What if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game? <laughs> Georgia then has one loss. They're in. Yeah. Tennessee sitting at home still has one loss. They're in. Yeah. LSU, two losses, SEC champion. They in? 
Mm. With a win over Alabama and Georgia? I feel like that's going to require some things to go in their favor. Well, yeah, but... Clemson losing helped. TCU's going to lose. TCU needs to lose. But Ohio State and Michigan play each other, so there's a team in front of them that's going to lose. Oregon last week was in front of them. I mean... Oregon still has to play USC, still has to play Utah. So I, I, I don't think Oregon's free and Scott clear. Plus, they'd have that a very simple head to uh, a common opponent with Oregon. They'd have the win over a team that beat Oregon 49 to 3. It could be fascinating. So we spent a good chunk of the day talking about the NFL. You can catch that in the best of the OG podcast. You can also catch some segments on our YouTube channel. One thing that we didn't get too deep into is what to make of NC State's season the rest of the way. I think we know what we got in Carolina the rest of the way. Can Drake May in the offense mask the defensive issues for Carolina? They got Wake Forest this upcoming week, Georgia Tech, and then NC State. I think it's going to be a track meet between the Demon Deacons and the Tar Heels. I think the Tar Heels can pull that out in another close one, like all the other games this year have been close ones. You know, you look at the Duke-Carolina game, right? That that ended up being a little bit of a track meet at the end. I don't think that Wake's offense is going to get slowed down by North Carolina's defense the way that NC State was able to do it or the way Louisville was able to do it the week before. That's Carolina's big issue is defense. State's intriguing now because the defense did the thing again against the Demon Deacons on Saturday's win. But now they look like they can play some complimentary football. And as much as we can bang on NC State's coaching staff for playing not to lose for a good chunk of this year, including when they had Devin Leary, you give them credit when they actually do the thing that we've been screaming for them to do. The offense was much more aggressive, more shots down the field. Keon Lassane made some really great plays unexpectedly. Let's not act like he's had this accomplished career at NC State. He, He really showed out, though. On Saturday night in that thirty to twenty one win over Wake Forest. Then you had a you know a couple penalties that Thayer Thomas was able to draw. You know, the the execution also by NC State's offense. You know, a, a lot of those first six games with Devin Leary, we saw sloppy procedural penalties yeah. by a team that is littered with fifth and sixth year players. Like there was no excuse for NC State to play that way at the start of the year. Now suddenly they have a true freshman. I don't know if they're concentrating more. I don't know if Grant Gibson, their center, is carrying a little bit more of the load on that Maybe. front. But their their execution has been clean. They did not beat themselves. Morris has shown an ability. He, he is completely unflappable. Mm-hmm. He has shown an ability and an ability and a willingness to throw the ball down the field in such a way that it's not picked. Yes. And in such a way that it gives his receiver a chance to make a play. Uh, he's shown an ability to extend drives on third down in running the ball. You know, let's be clear here. That third quarter drive, by the way, that took like seven minutes, yeah. that where they had, what, three third down conversions, I yeah. think, on that drive? Not that to was, go, not that to was go, excellent. Not to go full uh, X and O football guy on you right whoa, now. Whoa, whoa. But if you're going to run the read option, do you know what's really helpful? If your quarterback can. If your quarterback can contribute. Yes. On the read option. Yes. And you go back to Jacoby Brissett. We saw this with NC State. It was a different offense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not knocking Ryan Finley. I'm not knocking Devin Leary that they are traditional quarterbacks. But if you're going to run the read, it certainly helps when the quarterback is a threat. I, I think MJ Morris adds that different dimension, adds an ability on third down where, hey, if you don't have to make a perfect throw, you can run for it. And I think they're doing, without knowing any inside information about how they're treating MJ, I remember Russell Wilson as a as a uh, redshirt freshman 
Dana Bible told him, here is your initial read. Mm-hmm. If it's not open, take it down and run. Yeah. That's what he was told. And my guess is it's something very similar. It's a very similar approach for MJ Mars. Hey, here's your initial read. If it's not there, take off and get what you can. And you know what? He's not making mistakes. The defense played outstanding. Like Drake, Drake Thomas, Isaiah Moore really showed out. Uh, you know, he's a guy who tore his ACL in the middle of last year. I don't think he was healthy to start this year. I, I don't think there's any question now that he, he's getting a little bit of his pep back in his step. The defense has been great throughout the entire year. Uh, I, there have been, been pockets. There's been pockets. There have been some pockets, but I do this is a classic case of just like there's a reliance on Carolina's offense to go score yeah. every play. Yeah. Sometimes you, there's an over-reliance no, on NC State's you, defense. They've asked to them to be out. perfect. They've asked them to be perfect and, and can. they can't be. So yeah. that I give I give NC State's defense some slack in the same way that I give Carolina's offense slack. Sure. It's been that's the fair. other it's the other side of the ball that's been the problem. And I'm not sitting here telling you that NC State is going to win the rest of their games. I mean, they, they MJ, can. MJ Morris is a freshman, a true yeah. freshman, right? I just hope that the coaching staff stays consistent because I do think there's a direct correlation to the coaching staff finally showing some confidence and belief that, A, we need for you to go make these plays, yep. and they stuck with it. Yeah, okay, your first deep shot was an overthrow. Sure. Couple, there so were a what? couple overthrows. So what? That doesn't hurt. Keep doing it. Yeah. Well, you say it doesn't hurt. It doesn't. As like, as like my buddy Rick pointed out yesterday. When I was talking to him, like, huh, they got some questionable pass interference calls. Go their way. You know how you get questionable pass interference calls? Got to throw it up By there. By throwing it up there. So if they continue to do that, I do think it changes the way we talk about NC State's year in the remaining three weeks. Back to the NFL where the Carolina Panthers got just crushed by the Bengals. I mean, that was never a contest from the jump. And to me, I hope you're sitting down for this one, Jillio. That's on. <laughs> I know, right? That's... That's on the Panthers' defense, by the way. And people want to make this all quarterback, quarterback, quarterback stuff. And you know, PJ Walker is going to be PJ Walker is going to be Baker Mayfield. And I've I've defended the Panthers' defense a lot for having to do too much to mask for the offense. But you can't let Joe Mixon do that to you. It felt like one of those games where the Panthers just weren't ready to play. No, no. You know, you beat the Bucks. You're feeling good. The next week, you go to Atlanta. You you play well. You should have won the game. I think that game broke them. And then maybe, you know, but also you have to think of it from the other way. The Bengals were embarrassed by the Browns. Mm. Embarrassed. And, you know, they didn't have Jamar Chase, but they came back. They got their stuff together because they still have a chance in their division, too. So you ran into the wrong team at the wrong time. Styles make fights. I I thought the Bengals obviously saw something that they could exploit on the ground, and they did. And it was over early. Real early, real quick. And Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach, had to have just near perfection the rest of the way in order to get that job. All right? And I think the way things are going right now with the Panthers, I think it's kind of set up the way we understood it was going to be. And Steve Wilkes agreed to take that job, uh, knowing the circumstances around him were going to be bad, that they're going to lose. He's not going to get the Panthers job. And given what happened in Arizona and given what happens now with the Panthers, which were not set up to win the rest of the way, they clearly are in rebuild mode. It'll be held against him, and he'll probably land up, you know, he'll land somewhere as an interim uh, head coach. Which gets us to what happened today with Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, hiring Jeff Saturday, longtime ESPN analyst, former North Carolina player, former Colt center for Peyton Manning, getting the, getting the interim head coaching job. To me, this is only making matters worse for 
the optics of hiring practices in the NFL, and they're going to get roasted for this, and it's going to lead to yet another reckoning for Roger Goodell to try to explain this stuff away. But to your point, Julio, if you know you want to tank, this is probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I I think it's asking a lot for Jeff Saturday, even with 14 years of NFL experience, to be an effective head coach and hit the ground running without any experience as a head coach other than in high school. I do think he can walk into a Colts locker room, and I do think he'll be respected. I do think there's probably certain things that the the players would listen to. Mm -hmm. But the idea that he's going to know how to, you know, come up with a game plan after never doing it before, I mean, that, that, that does feel like a bit of a folly. It also feels like someone who's being set up to, quite frankly, we don't want you to win. Yeah. And we saw this with Brian Flores and Miami, where Stephen Ross might have communicated to him, I don't want you to win. This is why Brian Flores should have been the NFL coach of the year. Exactly, because they won, I think they won seven games, six mm-hmm. or seven games that year, and not with a lot of talent and with no support from, from management. You know, so I, I think Jim Irsay is doing his best, and I don't know why. Because I, while I think C.J. Stroud is good, I mean, he's not Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. He's mm-hmm. not a, you know, once-in-a-generation talent that's going to save the Colts franchise. Being perfectly honest with you, I think just playing Sam Ellinger, El- El- Ellinger is tanking in itself. Yeah. Because he's not an NFL quarterback. They're playing him because they don't want to play Matt Ryan. And they don't want to play Matt Ryan because they don't want him to get hurt because it would cost their cap more money the next season. I don't blame them necessarily for benching Matt Ryan, but I also don't think they were benching Matt Ryan because he was bad. I did, they just knew he wasn't going to be their quarterback next year. And money's a factor. And I mean, I, I like you, as you like to say, salary cap is a you know fugazi. It's it, it, a, it can be if you want it to be. Wispy a waspy. Yeah, it can be if you want it to be. And that that actually ties back to uh, we know that PJ Walker. With the Panthers, he's not a starting NFL quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. Yeah. And we talked to Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports Insider. I actually think he's a good backup quarterback because, he, as he showed, he can win you a he game here and there. He can win you a game here or there. That's that's what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. He, if he was a franchise quarterback, if he was the answer, well, he'd be starting somewhere uh, or there'd be no question about bringing in somebody else. So we talked to Jonathan Jones. If you missed that conversation, it's on the Best of the OG podcast. What's, what, what's happening now with the Panthers going forward is who's their backup going to be? Because you know Baker Mayfield's not going to be back with the Panthers, and you know Sam Darnold's not going to be back with the Panthers. So essentially what, you're, and essentially what you're boiling it down to is, P.J. Walker, show that you belong on this roster next year as a backup. Sam Darnold will play you because if we play Baker Mayfield for 70% of the snaps, we have to move that fifth-round pick to a fourth-round pick. I mean, that's essentially what the Panthers are doing the rest of the way. That's not tanking. That's just, you know, working with what you got. 